Hello and welcome to Tarot Bites. I'm Teresa Reed, the Tarot Lady. I'm the author of Tarot, No Questions Asked, Master in the Art of Intuitive Reading. I'm also your host for this podcast series. This is episode 231 of Tarot Bites, the podcast where I dish out short, entertaining, bite-sized lessons on how to read tarot. And for today's episode, our topic is falling in love with tarot again. And my special guest is Rashonda Tramble. Welcome. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I am just, I'm really happy that we finally got a chance to get together and talk. I am so happy too. So I've been a fan of you for a long time. You are Stay Woke, Stay Woke Tarot over yeah. on Instagram and Twitter, and mm-hmm. you've got a book that came out. So I love your work. I love what you do. And I am just so thrilled. It's the Mutual you- Appreciation Society. <laughs> I have your books too. I have, um, I have tar- No Questions Asked. I have that one. I have Tarot for Troubled Times. Yeah. So yeah. So I've got you. Yeah, I've got it. I've I've got your stuff. So I I'm just amazed that I'm actually like in front of you. And we're we're looking we're at you. Very, <laughs> and we're very far away from each other. So yeah, I, yeah. I think it's really wonderful that we're able to connect like this, no matter how far. And I, you know, I love that tarot people. We always love to buy each other's books and decks and support each other. It's so wonderful, right? Yeah, tarot for kids. Yes. Yeah. Oh. Oh, that is so nice. I love that deck. I love that. The best friends card just made me tear up. That card is one of my favorites in the deck. It reminds me of me and my best friend, Simone, you know, and just like we've been friends for many, many years. And so just a a tribute to uh, friends, which is so awesome. I'm getting you off the subject. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) That's totally fine. But we, you know, we're talking a little bit about our tarot love right now and starting Mm -hmm. it off, which, of course, we've both been into tarot for a long time. We love it. But we're talking Mm -hmm. about falling in love with your tarot again. And I think here's the deal. I think people assume that when you discover tarot, you're going to be in love with it for the rest of your life. And you're going to be collecting every deck and buying every book. But it's a relationship. And like any relationship, that passion can ebb and flow. So what I'd like you to talk about is a time when you felt like your relationship with tarot hit a brick wall. Oh, just one time? Well, many times. <laughs> I, I want to hear a couple of times. Let's talk about that. Oh, wow. Well, I will, I'm going to start with the recent. And, and folks may be so shocked when I say this and, and when I talk about the, re- the most recent time when I just fell out of love with tarot. And that time came when my book came out. And, you know, don't get me wrong. I feel so lucky and blessed and happy to have had the the chance to write this book and to work with Ruby Warrington. It's the Numinous Tarot Guide, a new way to read the cards. Please buy the book. It is available at all booksellers all over the place. Please buy it. Help me pay into my pension. Okay, so I've said that. <laughs> but but I think a couple of things happened. The first thing, it was my my first book. And you know, you're on that high when you're writing and Oh, you're writing and here you go. And, and, and you're up at 4 a.m., 2 a.m., 4 a.m., writing and editing. And, and it goes on for months. Actually, that book, uh, we did that book in four months. So wow. it, was a, it was a push. So you're on that high. And then, you know, it's time for the book to come out. And, and the first thing that happens is that the book came out. At least it came out in the UK before it came out in the US. And so the book came out and then that was it. 
or even before then you turn the manuscript in, you go through the editing and then that's it. There's like this dead period. And you're like, oh, okay. What do I do now? You know, so that was the first thing. So I already had this sort of drop. And then I will admit that I have been very isolated, meaning, you know, number one, I, I am here in Switzerland. And so in terms of tarot, it's basically me, myself, and I, especially moving here to the Italian section of Switzerland. When I was in Zurich, and especially since, you know, I I speak German, it was better in terms of I could communicate with people about tarot. I could meet with people. We could talk about tarot. But I'm in a place now, uh, I'm in the Italian section. I don't speak Italian. So connecting is, is sort of difficult right now. I'm in a process of learning it. So that happened. Then after the book came out, it's like, I, I don't read reviews anymore. I don't read the good ones. I don't read the not so good ones. But there was a point when I read the good ones, I was like, oh, okay, that's great. But then I clicked on the ones that weren't so good, those one star ones. And I was like, what? Um, and for one quick, not one quick second, for a while, it started... It, it, it made me examine my relationship to tarot because that book is what I know about tarot. That book is my relationship to tarot. And I put that in the book. So to have someone give it one star, you're like, well, maybe I don't know as much as I thought. Maybe, you know, I'm not as well-versed as I thought. So it, that happened. And then I just said, you know, um, let me rethink this. So, yeah. yeah, so that happened. And and granted now, like I said, I, you know, I'm, I'm proud of the work that Ruby and I did. So I, I did an upswing and I was like, okay, got a book. Then comes the scammers. Oh, yes. This on is Instagram. A, this is something so many of us are struggling with. And I know you and I have gotten nailed. And before we go, dive into that, the one thing I do want to say is when you do write a book, I think people assume it's going to be some glamorous thing. And, you know, oh, my God, you're an author. It's ugly. Yes. It's, writing a book is ugly. It's it is hard. Hard. It is horrible. I mean, yes, I was on, <laughs> you know, I was on the high of writing it, but when you're in it, it's like, I, I, I do not use the word hate that much, but during that process, <laughs> I hated everything. I hated, you know, the, the, the walls. Yes. I hated pins. I hated everything. So I just want to, but that's part of the process. Too. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's hard labor, you know, mm -hmm. birthing a book is really, really hard labor. And, mm -hmm. you know, I know from writing books too, that, you know, when you're done with it, you just feel spent. So I get that. And these imposters, that yeah. is the other thing that, you know, you just mentioned, um, you know, that can burn people out. It can turn you sour. So let's talk about your experience with these imposters on Instagram. I just talked with Sabrina Scott about right. this in a previous episode. And she also, like you and me, has gotten nailed a lot. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I have been nailed a lot. You've been nailed a lot. Sabrina has been nailed a lot. It's like particular, I don't know if they focus on particular people or maybe they have social blade or something and they can see who gets the most engagement or who gets some new people. I'm not sure. But what happened was, um, I don't know when this started. 
But I remember like the first imposter I saw, someone sent it to me and I was like, wait, this isn't me. How did that happen? But I didn't know how to report. I didn't know how to do any of that. And, and finally, I think, Teresa, I think it was you that sent me the link. Mm-hmm. I think that's what it was. I think you sent me the link and said, you know, go to Instagram on, on, on the web and up, upload your documentation. So thank you for that. But then the imposter started popping up like, like, like popcorn. Just It was like whack-a-mole. Mm-hmm. You remember whack-a-mole? That oh, game? I remember that. And it's the same. It's, it's like you nail one and all of a sudden here's another one. Boom. Uh-huh. But so here's the thing. It, what happened in terms of my relationship with tarot and the imposters, it wasn't the imposters themselves. It was the people following me who fell for it. Yes. And that broke my heart for a couple of reasons. Number one, you know, you don't like people being taken advantage Mm -hmm. of. That's the first thing. And then the second thing was, you know, hold up a second. The way that these folks are contacting you, the language that they're using, all the emojis, the grand rising, everything. You actually thought that was me? Right. That's really disheartening. It's just, I was like the bad grammar. And it's like, I was a freaking journalist, you know, yep. the, the, the bad grammar, the, the, how they're talking. And then you think, well, what do you think of me then? If you fell for that person, if you, you know, I thought that was you. And it was like, well, wait a second. Then how am I presenting myself on social media? How am I relating tarot to folks on social media? And that made me go into a tailspin too. And of course, I'm very sensitive. I think other folks, they just don't, you know, they're like, ah, it's, a, it's an imposter. It's not me. And, and that's fine. But I do accept the fact that I am very sensitive when it comes to that. Not as sensitive as I used to be, but I started thinking like, how, how could you think this, how could you think this is me? Do you do you read any of my captions? Do you take in what, wh- why am I putting out all of this information about being aware and stay woke tarot is about being aware, staying awake. I am putting out all of this information and supposedly you're reading it and you're liking it, but it's not sinking in. And that really started getting to me. It's like, well, why am I on Instagram when nobody, nobody's reading? Mm-hmm what I'm doing anyway. So why am I putting my, you know, so much energy into it? And that started um, affecting my relationship with tarot. Yeah. 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 They can. I mean, you, you had the perfect storm. You're coming off a book. You're seeing some of these really crummy reviews and then you've got people, these imposters and some, you know, I actually had uh, somebody once who fell for one of these imposters and they tried to guilt trip me. Like they thought I was going to pay them for that too, which, you know, really for me, what happened is my relationship with social media got a little bit dicey for a minute there because of this stuff. Um, you know, but I can see this is the perfect storm for you on why you would suddenly feel like I'm, I'm just done with this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it, it was because, yeah, I mean, it was a perfect storm. And the same thing happened to me where I had someone um, try to guilt me into, I mean, they didn't get as far as saying you need to pay me back because I just blocked them. You know, we had mm-hmm. the conversation, but um, they... I, w- I did something that I should not have done. And I looked at Instagram first thing in the morning and I don't do that anymore. Uh-uh. And I, I never do. At, 
Yeah. And so I saw the message from this person and they said, they wrote, Hey lady, you uh, scammed me out of, I can't remember how much it was. You scammed me out of my money and then you deleted your account, but I found you and I I'm going to, I'm I've reported you or something. They said, and I was like, wait, what? Wow. Wow. And I wrote back and I said, I am so sorry. What are you talking about? And then they said, you know, I paid you uh, so-and-so, so-and-so how much, and I didn't get a reading from you, and you're a scammer. And I took a breath, and I hadn't even gotten out of bed. And I said, I am so sorry, but that wasn't me. And that's all I said. And they said, it was you. And I said, it was not me. And I'm going back and forth, and I'm like, why am I doing this? Yes. Why are you doing it? I mean, that's a really good question, Mm -hmm, but that's mm -hmm. a question we all ask when we end up in these situations. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So when you felt, when you were dealing with all these situations then, you know, and you said this affected your relationship with Tara, did you feel like you needed to step away? Were you, I mean, how were you feeling? Like I'm done, it's over. At, At first I said, I'm done. This is ridiculous because, you know, to be a, um, to be a writer nowadays, publishers like for you to have a presence in social media. They do. And so it was two things. I said, you know what? I'm done with writing because I'm done with social media. I don't need this. I've got enough stuff going on in my life and I don't need to have to deal with you know folks in my DM complaining and all that. But then the second, my second thought was, okay, hold up a second. Let me try to split this off. Is it social media? Is it tarot on social media or is it tarot? And I had to really sit down and say, okay, the issue is social media and the scammers. It's not tarot itself mm-hmm. because the art of tarot has been around for hundreds and some odd years, you know, the way we work with it. And that is going to stay. It is going to progress. We are the ones that are sort of, you know, mixing and, and you know, being the alchemist and, 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 making this art go further or helping it go further. But then on the other hand, with the social media, I was like, okay, I have to sort of re mm-hmm. rework my relationship with social media. And that's why, you know, I started a Patreon. Not too many folks are on there, but that's okay because it's like the core group. And I'm like, okay, you folks trust me. You trust me enough to give me your money. Mm-hmm. Therefore, I'm going to start start a relationship with y'all. So I did that, and that's going. You know, it's going okay. By the way, it's under my name, Rashonda. It's not under Stay Woke Tarot because I'll probably add some more things to it. But it, you know, that was the first thing I did. But just in terms of tarot itself, I had to pull back and reestablish my relationship with tarot and mm-hmm. remember why I started. Right, and you know, there's times too where I felt. Um, you know, like my relationship with Tara also would ebb and flow and you need to step back sometimes. Yeah. And for me, it was, it was those periods of burnout where, yes. you know, back in the day I would do tarot parties. Mm-hmm. Oh mm-hmm. my God. And those would mm-hmm. burn me to a crisp. I would be no good for 24 hours after them. Yeah. And sometimes people would be very abusive and like you, I'm very sensitive. And that mm-hmm. would make me also go into this place of why am I doing this? Mm-hmm. Why? Why am I putting mm-hmm. myself into these situations where people are being so negative and I'm just, I just don't want to do this anymore. And I realized that again, like you, it's not the tarot that's the problem. It's these situations I'm in 
that's the problem. And I stopped doing those parties. Mm-hmm. And then I found, oh, I feel good about tarot again. Mm-hmm, and, you know, mm-hmm. so there would be situations in my life that would happen that were associated with the work I was doing. Yes. And it would really upset me. And I would feel that same way that you felt. But every time I stepped back, I'd get a perspective like, no, 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 no. You love these cards. You look at, you've been looking at them for over 40 years. Yes. It's not the cards. It's something about an other aspect here that's mm-hmm. making you feel that way. So I can see the social media. And by the way, about those bad reviews that you mentioned, uh, when I put out the tarot coloring book, the first review I ever got um, was before the book came out. Somebody went on Goodreads and gave it a one-star review before the book was out and said, this is not a good idea or something like that. I don't remember anymore. And I was like, oh, my God, my first review is a bad one. And And then I got over it and I just realized that, you know, it's not going to do me any good because if I look at the good reviews, I'm going to get all, you know, thinking I'm right. the best. If I look at all the negative ones, I'm going to think I'm the mm-hmm. worst. It's better for mm-hmm. me to leave it alone and just do my art and focus yes. on what I love, which is the tarot. And that's, yeah. And that's exactly what I decided to do because also the, the bad reviews, they were good for me in a way because it really made me look at how sensitive I am. Yes. And it, this in and I, I don't like saying the word trigger because there are more serious things that are triggered that that are triggers. Mm-hmm. But I will say the bad review activated me, or the bad reviews activated me because you know, I've had situations like I was in TV. Mm-hmm. I was a TV reporter. And you know, it it it's really crappy when someone, you know, you've just done the news and someone calls you in the newsroom and they you're on the phone with someone telling you how ugly you are. Yes. So I had to link that up. And that's why I was like, okay, this is activating me because of the experiences I had when I was a TV reporter. So it just so happens it's tarot. You know, I could have written a book about, you know, growing, you know, kumquats or something. <laughs> And it, the same, if someone had given the same review, it would have, I would have had the same, like, ah, here we go again with, with the judgment. And that's the other thing I really had to, um, examine my relationship with judgment, which also made me pull out that judgment card Mm -hmm. and look at the judgment card and examine my relationship with that particular card, which is one of the ways I sort of said, okay, you know, let me get back into doing what I love. And that's working with tarot. It doesn't have to be with all the other stuff with the, you know, the social media, the book and all that. Let me just, if I work with tarot, I need to work with tarot. And that means when I get in these situations where I don't feel confident, when I feel naive or whatever, let me go back to tarot and see mm-hmm. if I can work through that. Just like I suggest to my clients. Yes. So it's like, why in the world am I? not doing what I suggest my clients should do when they, if, if, if a client came to me and said, Hey, I wrote a book. I got a bad review. Mm-hmm. I feel like shit. And then I'd say, okay, let's work through that. Let's pull some cards. Exactly. And see where the source of that ugh, that's coming from. Because the thing is when you're a writer or you do anything out in the public, not everybody's going to like you. If it's, if everybody loves and loves you and, and all that and likes you and, and it's something's wrong. <laughs> yes. Or maybe you're just not seeing the ones who don't like you. Exactly. So something's wrong. So 
of course, people are not going to like what you do. And that's where you need to start like, okay, why is this affecting me? Mm -hmm. So that's what I had to do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about another part, too, that can make people really want to put their cards away. You know, the industry now is, and I think because of the internet, it is huge. It's Mm -hmm. no longer this small little group of people or one or two people in the city. You know, it's now we got the whole wide world coming in. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of people coming into the tarot industry. And I've noticed, too, that there's been a much more competitive edge. And I've talked to other readers who just felt like, you know, um, this is making me want to step away from it. What do you feel about that? Do you think competition can also make people feel like, you know, this is it. I'm, I'm just done. I, I, uh. You know, yeah. Yeah. It can make you feel that way. Um, I, again, I am very sensitive. I also, I, I'm a helper by nature. Mm-hmm. I am also the type of person, if I can't take a, um, you know, a client on, I will say, Hey, go to this reader, go to this reader or go to this reader. You know, for me, competition is, I mean, I'm going to get on my soapbox. It's (laughs) almost like, you know, you have these readers out there that are supposedly, you know, quote unquote, feminist or womanist or this or that or whatever. And they're all for the collective. And then they become, you know, competitive. And it's like, Okay, what you're talking about is bullshit then. What you preach, quote unquote, is bullshit because that competition, you trying to, you know, knock down other readers or take talk bad about other readers, that's that patriarchal stuff. Mm-hmm. And so are you with us or are you against us? Are you going to be competitive? Okay, fine. Go ahead and say, I'm competitive. I love the patriarchy. I love the way big business is done. So I'm going to do the same thing because that's what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you see people and you had one view of them and then you find out they're really, really competitive and, and all that, you kind of go, oh, God, let me just go back in my hole. Yes, I just, I totally, it gets that feeling. And I've talked to other readers who felt that same way. Like, they're just like, this isn't for me, maybe. Yeah. You know, and the other thing that I alluded to that, you know, can impact also your relationship with tarot is burnout. And again, when I did parties, parties Mm -hmm. burnt me to the ground and made me just, it just feel like, oh, I'm going to get a job pushing buttons. Exactly. It's the same for me. I, um, I am very selective Mm -hmm. now with the, um, uh, with the events that I do. I mean, I haven't canceled all of them, but I am very, very selective now. And that is because I have done, I mean, I don't know if this has happened to you or not. I have done an event or I've done a party and number one, you get folks that are good and liquored up. Yep. And they, <laughs> they come, <laughs> they come to you and they're, they're letting the liquor tell it and the liquor is telling everything and you're just going, oh my God. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, and you, you, you try to, you know, you see that there's a human being in front of you, but you're just like, mm, okay. But the other thing is folks can be mean. Yep. They can be mean. And I've had people, they come at parties, they'll sit down in front of me and, you know, I'll shuffle. Okay. You know, what's your, what's your question? How can I help you today? Well, you're the tarot reader. You're supposed to tell me. Mm-hmm. Been there. And, Been and, there. And I'm, just, and I'm just sitting there and I'm like, what? What? 
you're supposed to tell me. So what's going on with me? And I have been in standoffs with folks where I've just said, you know what? I'm not, I'm not doing this. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing this with you. And I, 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 it's, it's, that's the thing, but it's like the, the alcohol, I'm not against people having fun at parties, but you know, it opens up the door to particular types of spirits, not just literal spirits, but mm-hmm. other types of, you know, spirits around you coming in and coming in the middle of that, that reading. And that person may not be present. And there's, there, there's no, checks and balances at that party because people are getting, you know, they're having their fun. But then it's almost like I can handle the person who may have had too much better than someone who is just, they want it. They're, they're, they're looking for a gotcha moment. Yes. And at parties, oftentimes that's where I encountered some of the most abuse from clients. And those parties would make me not only feel energetically depleted, but really sad. Because it I'm has, sen- again, I'm sensitive like you. Yeah, some- I have been sad. Yeah, go ahead. Mm-hmm. You, co- you come back and you're like, wow, this person was really mean and they were disrespectful. And, you know, uh, the one thing I will say about that, um, a big lesson that I learned is anytime when I, I hire somebody or I'm working with anybody mm-hmm. or whatever, I try to be extremely respectful because I know what it feels like to have someone treat you disrespectfully. And I would come home from parties like that and just feel like, Wow, I I just yeah. don't feel like I'm being treated like a human here. Yeah. One thing I have started doing when I um at the last event that I did, mm-hmm. um, and it was a it was a gallery, when someone came up to me and was like, Well, you tell me, you tell me what's going on. What I have done, and I can't believe I did this because I'm not this type of person. I said, Look, it seems as if there's a lot going on, and maybe this is not the place for us to do a reading. I would like to invite you to book a one-on-one reading with me so we can really dig down into what's going on. Here's my card. Mm-hmm. And they were stunned and they kind of got it. I didn't hear from them, but I, I, cause I was like, for you to sit down in front of me in the body language with their arms, yes. like the, the, the body language, your arms are crossed. Like I have to prove something. I had to stop centering myself in somebody else's problem. Yes. I hear that so loud and clear because that's something I think a lot of readers can relate to, especially readers who've done public events. It, you, you get yourself centered in that because they put you in an adversarial position. And what you did, what you did so elegantly is you took the power back. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was like, there's something little, you know, and this isn't, I said, this is not the place for it, not in, in public. So I would like to invite you. And that's what I did. And they took my card. Don't, you know, maybe right. they'll contact me. Maybe they won't. But it, at least I was like, this is not, this isn't going to work. Even if I did a reading, there's so much in the gotcha moment. And that gotcha moment doesn't just start there. Mm-hmm. Probably there are so many other things that are going on. But right. yeah, so that's what I did in that situation. So, you know, what's really interesting as we're talking about this, the main thing that's made both of us at times feel like I just want to put these cards away. It's never been the cards. It's always exactly. been dealing with some aspect of humans, whether it is the social media stuff that's been going on, nasty competition, reviews, mm-hmm. um, clients being some type of way. I mean, I also have had some very dangerous situations with clients, you know, Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. people don't talk about the danger of this work. And that's also, you know, kind of sometimes scared me off, but it's never been about the cards. It's never about the cards because what am I doing? 
I'm still looking at those cards every single day, despite that. And that's what we have to remember Mm -hmm. about tarot. It's never the cards. It's always those other external situations that really make us feel kind of like, maybe this isn't it for me. Mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. not the cards. And that's why I had to really, when I pulled back, you know, I pulled back from social media, pulled back from doing the, the, the read, the, the parties, doing all these parties. I returned to the cards mm-hmm. and I reestablished my personal relationship with the cards, not the business aspect of it, but my personal link to my deck. And that's what really matters. Mm-hmm. So how, is that how, now if you had to describe how you fell back in love with tarot? Okay. What I did was, well, the first thing is that I, um, I follow, so I, I keep saying, I say I'm a Buddhist. I, you know, I am Buddhist. I have been practicing Buddhism for a very long time, but I follow uh, Thich Nhat Hanh. Yes. Yes. And there is a meditation and they even have, they have a very good app, Plum Village app. It's a very good app, but they have a meditation. It's called the coffee or tea meditation. And what it is, they take you through, you know, um, pouring your coffee or your tea um, you pour it in the cup, you, and I see you drinking your tea, um, you pour it in the cup, you hold the cup, you, and it's about mindfulness and mindfulness mm-hmm. isn't about being nice puppies and kittens and all that. It is about being mindful of where you are in the here and now. And you hold the cup, you feel the heat of the liquid. You, you are aware of the motion that you make when you bring the cup up to your lips, you smell the coffee or the tea, and then you think about the tea leaves or the beans, and then the people who harvested the tea leaves or the beans, and it goes on and on and on, and it is beautiful. And then you realize it's not just a cup of coffee or a cup of tea that you're drinking, you're drinking you know, something that is connected to the universe, connected to the world. You're drinking a cloud. That's what they say, because the water is a cloud. And I apply that to my tarot deck. That's so beautiful. I just have to say, that's so beautiful. And what I started doing, um, you know, I pull a card a day anyway. But what I have started doing, and gosh, I'm getting emotional talking about this, but I will pull a card. And I will hold that card, not just, you know, immediately look at it and say, what's the meaning? It's not that. It's I feel the cardstock. I rub my fingers on the cardstock. I run my finger around the edge of the card and I can feel how it's worn and how I have used that card and used that deck. I, I feel the work that I have put into it. Um, when I also, I feel the paper, I feel the, the, the work, how someone, maybe they picked the, you know, where the, the tree that it, that, that card came from, that the paper that it came from, um, the people who work the machines to cut the cardstock, the people who mixed the paint and put the paint 
in the machines that did the printing, uh, the packaging. I feel all of that work that has gone into that card. And that's even before I start reading it. I feel that actual card. But what really gets to me is when I start feeling that Mm -hmm. edge and it's like, it's worn. And I'm like, yes, this is what has happened. This is, this, this brings me back to tarot. And then after doing that, after feeling it, and this is going to sound kind of weird, but I do it. Sometimes I will bring the card itself up to my nose and I smell it. I smell the paper and I, you know, and I smell the, you know, if I've, I've been, I do incense on my cards and I, I smell the incense of, of the card. That's still the scent that is still on the card and I smell it. And then I bring it back down and I'm still rubbing it. And then that's when I actually look mm. at that card. But I first, I reestablish the physical relationship with, with that deck. Um, sometimes now I even will just take like the deck that I'm working with. I will just take that deck and just feel it uh-huh. and hold it. And just feel how, you know, it's worn, it's lovely, it is beautiful. Um, Some of the cards have been nicked. Some of the cards have been, you know, I put little, they've been kind of worn on the edges and it's okay, but I just feel it. And so that was the way I I started reestablishing my connection with tarot. Mm -hmm. And that is honoring the work that has been put into that actual deck, the people that have worked mm-hmm. to bring us that deck, the, the writers, the artists. And when you look at that, when you look at a card, mm-hmm. you are looking at the work of dozens, maybe even more, you know, tens, dozens, maybe even hundreds of people. Mm-hmm. And that's what it is. And that's how you reestablish that. And that's when you realize it's about a community and you're not alone and you're not as isolated as you think because you look at what a group of people have put together and they've done it hopefully with love and with kindness to make sure it gets in your hands for you to use it. I'm like tearing up. That is so beautiful. Yeah. Uh, I also just say I'm kind of a lousy Buddhist because I love everything about <laughs> Buddhism, but I'm not a very good practitioner, it's but it's okay. so incredibly beautiful and um, oh my God, I can just feel, just thinking about it, I can just feel all that energy into those cards. And it's the energetic connection with the cards and all that is. And there's so much in them that reminds us that, okay, again, this is something bigger than me. Yeah. And that's what I had. And, and, and starting from that deck, mm-hmm. it started the thought process of, you know, yes, Rashonda, you are sensitive. Yes, it gets to you, but but take yourself out the center because mm-hmm. it, it's it's not about you. It is about you, but it's not about you when you get down to the get down to brass tacks. It is about community. It is yes. about establishing, reestablishing your connection to that community. And if you need to do it physically, go ahead and do it physically. And that's you know, and and that's what I did. And and um it helps. Mm -hmm. It really does help when 
things go fuck nuts. Sorry, can I say fuck nuts on here? <laughs> oh yeah, I just <laughs> I just have to make sure I list it as that. List it as explicit. <laughs> I'm sorry, I have messed up the description of the podcast. <laughs> it's no worries. It has happened before, but you're right. Things sometimes do go, you know, whatever, and that can be. This can be a way to get back to the heart of it. That's how you get back to the heart of it. And that sets free. So that's that's one of the ways that I've done it. Another way that I have, you know, done it, and this may not work for everyone, but my um my birth card is the hierophant. And sometimes when I am I, I will meditate with that card. And sometimes I will to reconnect, I will put that card in my hand. And since I know that's my birth card and you can call it life purpose card or whatever, I will look at it and I will envision my face on the Hierophant and just say, okay, this is me. And then I take myself into that card, Mm -hmm. you know, okay, I am, you know, instead of, you know, me, Rashonda, looking at that card, I am sitting on that throne. Mm -hmm. And I am imparting some type of knowledge. It's about teaching and about learning. But I, you know, I am on that throne. I am looking at these folks in front of me. Okay, what do I have to say today? What what do I have to share today? Um, also, how can I be of service? Because even mm-hmm. though the hierophant is, you know, the teacher, it's also the, you know, it's about teaching and learning. But how can I be of service to the folks that are there that give me their time and their money? And, and it is about that too. And that's how I, again, decenter myself, but also give that, you know, connect myself again to tarot. I, I do that because you don't, I mean, I don't know why people uh, get into tarot now. Mm-hmm. I don't know anymore. I mean, cause I, you know, I've he- heard so many different things, but I started my personal relationship because it helped me. Yes, me too. And then. I started reading for other folks while I was, you know, prodded into doing it by my friends, but I wanted to share this with other people in the hopes that they get the same thing out of it than me. Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to teach people like, you know, I know everything. It's more about, Hey, this is what helped me. And maybe it can help you. And so so I want to, yeah, I just want to open the door for, and that's why I do it. Yes. And when you remember this, it again, it helps you get back to the core of the cards, your heart, yeah. why you're doing this, uh, the bigger picture. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that is also so, so important. Yeah. You can lose sight of that. Yeah. And these external things like social media and the competition and all that, those are the distractions. Those are those okay. um, things that pull you away from the, from, from why you started. And that's why it's important, at least for me to establish that physical connection, do that meditation, um, link it to, you know, my quote unquote Buddhist practice. Cause I am a bad Buddhist also, but link it to that. And then I can anchor myself and say, okay, this is why I started, you know, and whether I, you know, if I'm on Instagram or Patreon or whatever, it's not that it's about Right now, it is, it is about me and my relationship to tarot. And I think this is just an incredible practice. And probably a lot of people who are listening to this are going to find that 
they have these times too where they're burnt out, they're sad, they're hurt. And this is a very simple yet profound way to really connect with your purpose and your, your purpose behind why you're doing the tarot and what these cards are all about because they really are bigger than us. And yeah, yeah. I love this mm-hmm, so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And one, one last thing I will say, because I I've had folks come to me also, they've gone through their, they've had issues where they're like, I don't want to, I'm losing my connection to tarot. Mm -hmm. I have suggested to folks, I will say, you know what? Step away from the deck for a bit. Yes. Give it a break. Give it a break. Give it a break. Don't force it. Um, I've, I, it, it's so, it's interesting. I've had clients, uh, as soon as they start talking to me, I will ask, you know, do you know anything about tarot just to break mm-hmm. the ice? Oh, I try to do, pull a card a day. I'm so bad at it. I want to pull a card. And I'm like, stop, don't do that to yourself. You'll get there. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'll, you know, I tell folks, don't beat yourself up. If you want to step away from the deck, step away from it, put it, you know, put it in the back, put it in the cabinet, whatever. and then. Just let the let it happen. Let yourself return to tarot when you're comfortable, when you're ready. Mm-hmm. Don't force it. Let it breathe. Let, let it, it breathe. breathe. And it's just again, if we think about relationships, relationships are better when we allow other people to breathe. Yes. Relationships are better when we remember why we're with that person. Yes. Relationships are better when we really think about the connection, the deeper, more profound reasons why we connect with another human relationships are better and so our relationship with tarot is very much like having a relationship with a another human you got to give it room to breathe you got to take care of it you've got to tend to it you have to love it you have to remember why am i in love with this person or this tarot deck and that helps us to maintain those healthy relationships yes i completely agree This has been such a beautiful conversation. I love this practice. I'm going to try it. Um, Not that I'm not in love with tarot right now. I am, but it doesn't doesn't hurt to do it anyways to keep that flame burning brightly. So you can do this even if you are perfectly fine right now with your cards. And that's the beauty of this practice. You don't have to wait till you're burnt out and sick of it to do it. Exactly. Exactly. So... Um, I've loved this conversation so much. I, I want to talk also briefly about your book. Oh, the book. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> we were talking so much about that. <laughs> yes. Uh, your book is wonderful. I have my copy right nearby. Oh, wow. uh, I've referred to it. I, I love your perspective. I love the exercises also that are in the book. Yeah, it's really yeah. quite lovely. I can tell you put your heart and soul into the book. And yeah. I love your interpretations. They're, you know, they're so heartfelt. They're so modern. It's really yep. an excellent book. So first of all, thank you for writing it. And, you know, real quickly, what was your experience? Right. I know there, I know there's that, that moment we're talking about, you know, <laughs> where it gets tough, but yeah. you know, you birthed the book. This is your first book. Um, yeah. How did yeah. it come about? Let, you know, I have to give it, it. Number one, let me thank Ruby Warrington because it came about through, through her, but the, the, the cliff notes version is that, um, I had contacted Ruby after I'd made the decision, okay, I'm going to go full into writing about tarot. And I had contacted her about writing for her website, uh, The Numinous. And then she said, hey, you want to do videos? I was like, yeah, cool. I'll do tarot video of the month, tarot card of the month. And 
the trip part about this is that perhaps maybe two weeks after we had made the agreement, she uh, sends me an email and she says, we got to talk. What's going on? And she said, you're not going to believe this. Okay. And she said, I just got a call from, you know, publisher with her agent, a publisher. And she said, they asked me, do I know anyone who, who can write about tarot? And I was like, oh my God. Synchronicity. Yes. Yes. So that's how the book came about. And I will say this, um, be careful what you ask the universe for. Yes. Because it may just go, okay, kaboom, and it's in front of you. And that's what happened because I had made a conscious choice to say, okay, I am going to pivot from corporate mm-hmm. and you know marketing communications in corporate and go for what I want to do and see what happens. And universe, if you got something for me, that'd be great. But I didn't even, I was like, ah. Eh, I'll, you know, I'll give it a year. I'll see what happens. So, but I will say this, it wasn't just, oh, it happened. It was because I had contacted Ruby. I actually sent that email and said, hey, this is what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Do you have space for me? Do you have room for me? And then let me say, I think the universe, that's when it said, okay, she's ready. Let's go ahead and give her this opportunity. So that's how it came about. And um, a lot of the stories that mm-hmm. are in, um, that are in the, are in the book. Uh, a lot of them come from real life. Mm-hmm. Um, some have been tweaked a little bit because I don't want to piss of people course. off. That I, that I, you got to change some of those details. Because I've had some friends, they read the book, they've gone, wait a second. <laughs> so that's one thing. But um, that's me in that book. I put that those stories, mm-hmm. a lot of them are from, you know, my life and how I have connected particular stories and things that I've gone through, how I have connected them to particular mm-hmm. tarot, particular tarot cards. And that's what's beautiful about the book because those stories mm-hmm. are also what help people to see themselves in the deck when they read your story. So that is something also I really enjoyed about the book. It's really well done. I love that it's hard copy and it's the perfect size. You can toss in your bag and take with you for those tarot emergencies. So yes, really, really well done. I love it. So, uh, and I want to say, you know, when you said you put the word out there, uh, obviously I'm glad the universe listened and that we have you out there doing your amazing work in the world so speaking of that, you know, where can people find you if they want to connect with you or if they want to buy your book? Where okay. Can they, they can find me. Well, my website, staywoketarot.com. That's where I am. Uh, also Instagram, staywoketarot, not staywoketarot1 or staywoketarot2. And then, no, just staywoketarot. So I'm on Instagram, on Twitter. I am on Patreon under my name, Rashonda Tramble, R-A-S-H-U-N-D-A, but just search for that and you can find me there. Uh, so yeah, that, those are all the places where you can find me. You can find the numinous tarot guide, a new way to read the cards, wherever books are sold, either, um, you know, bookshop or Amazon or whatever your jam is, you can find it. And for people who are listening, don't forget also to ask your local shops, your independent shops and your metaphysical shops to carry the book, because sometimes there's a lot of great books out there. They don't always know which books people want. So let them know, hey, this is a book that I want on your shelf. I want to buy it at your shop. So please make sure you do that, people. Yes. Oh, my God, Rashonda, this was such an amazing conversation. Thank you for spending time with me and sharing your story, 
and your wisdom. I so appreciate you. Thank you so much, Teresa. I mean, I still can't believe I'm on here. I'm just fanning, fangirling all over. <laughs> and I'm fangirling right back. Oh my God. It's like Thank the mutual, you. the mutual fangirl thing happening. Exactly. Exactly. And I'm just really grateful um, that we are able to do this with the internet. The internet is good for a few things. So yes. at the very least, it is allowing us to connect in this way. So thank you. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. All right, people, that wraps up this episode of Tarot Bites. And of course, remember, you can check out lots more tarot goodness on my website, thetarolady.com. I've got free tarot and astrology lessons, lots of books, hundreds of blog posts, astrological forecasts, so many good things for you to scope out. I hope you enjoy it. I want to thank you again for listening, and I hope you have a beautiful day. And hey, by the way, if you enjoy the podcast, do me a favor, get on over to iTunes and leave a kind review, because that helps more tarot-curious people find their way to Tarot Bites. And as always, I like to close out by saying, pay close attention to your intuition throughout your day and let it guide you into making brave, excellent choices. Remember that you are always in the driver's seat of your life. You are in charge of your decisions, your plans, the action steps that you take or don't take. You're the boss. And if you don't like where your life is headed right now, well, you can change that. Nothing is ever fixed in stone. The tarot cards tell a story, but you write the ending.